Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, January 12th. Happy birthday, Motown Records. On this date in 1959, Barry Gordy Jr. founded the brand in Detroit. So, happy 65th. And for your trivia question on this Friday, on this date back in 1910, the wife of a Russian ambassador caused a stir during a White House dinner hosted by President William Howard Taft. She apparently became the first woman to do what she did at a public function in the White House. So what exactly did she do? I'll tell you in just a couple of minutes. But first, it's a first alert weather day, so let's check in on that forecast. And good Friday morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovai. Today is a first alert weather day as we track the potential of a couple of strong to severe thunderstorms this afternoon and this evening with the arrival of a cold front. Could see some gusty winds. There's a very low threat of a tornado. Some minor coastal flooding around high tide this morning. Otherwise, today what we're going to see is a dry start, a chilly start this morning. But temperatures at some point in the morning will warm up very quickly into the sig. Then we'll watch out for some scattered showers, maybe as early as lunchtime this afternoon, this evening. We'll have to dodge a couple of raindrops to grab the umbrellas and keep an eye out for a couple of storms. We'll be breezy later today, breezy tomorrow, but much cooler, but dry for the weekend. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast. Powered by the Low Country's news leader, Life 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Well, as Joy mentioned, we won't see anything like we saw earlier this week, but Dominion Energy is preparing for potential power outages. The storm that hit Tuesday impacted about 100,000 Dominion Energy customers in the state. We even saw a bunch of outages along the coast here in Charleston County. Our Autumn Klein joins us live from outside of Dominion now to tell us how the company is prepared for the potential storm today. Autumn. Shelby, Katie, I spoke with Dominion Energy spokesperson Paul Fisher, who tells me that even though such a large amount of people lost power on Tuesday afternoon, the company was able to restore power to 99% of homes by 10 a.m. the next day. Fisher says that they were able to do this because of the preparation they do all throughout the year and they're ready for whatever is to come today. Fisher says that they were able to get to their customers so quickly because they had crews strategically placed across the state of South Carolina, as they will today. He says they have the equipment, the poles, the lines, the transformers, everything they need to keep their customers' power on, as well as the resources they need to respond in the case that something does happen. But Fisher says that while they do prepare for storms, it really is about the work they do to prepare throughout the entire year. A huge part of this is vegetation management, where members of their team work to clear trees and tree limbs away from their overhead lines. Fisher says they have a team working on vegetation management every single working day of the year and hopes to prevent power outages like these. He tells me that the area we live in plays a large role in these issues, especially with the strong winds we saw Tuesday and may see again today trees, tree limbs, and strong winds, that's the perfect recipe for power outages. Of course, wind uh, is going to bring those uh, trees and limbs closer. Maybe they'll collapse onto our lines and create damage. We do notify our customers uh, in advance of the work that we're doing to safeguard uh, those overhead lines. Overall, Fisher says that he hopes everyone stays safe and he recommends staying away from any power lines during any storm. In the case that you do have a power outage, the best way to notify them is through the Dominion Energy app. And Paul says you can also keep up with their restorations in real time through that app. Reporting live in North Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. 
Thank you, Autumn. With the first alert weather day today, some schools have announced that they will have an e-learning day today. Due to the weather threat, Colleton and Orangeburg County School Districts will be switching to virtual learning, and both districts also canceled any after-school programs and athletic events. Dorchester School Districts 2 and 4 are holding classes, but canceled after-school activities too. DD4 and Williamsburg County are both releasing early. Charleston County will have a normal schedule, but no after-school athletics. Classes are expected to pick back up on Tuesday, following Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on Monday. At the college level, South Carolina State University is postponing its residence hall move-in day until Tuesday. Classes will now start Wednesday in order to accommodate the change. You can find a full list of scheduled changes on our website at live5news.com. Firefighters already face danger on a daily basis, and now they face even more risks by just gearing up. The Motley Rice Law Firm held a documentary last night highlighting those risks. It focused on the dangers of chemicals known as PFOS in turnout gear of firefighters. After the documentary aired, our Emily Johnson spoke with firefighters here in the Lowcountry who are directly impacted by these chemicals. Burned, Protecting the Protectors is a 30-minute documentary that serves as a PSA for firefighters. It tells the story behind the search for answers regarding firefighter cancer as it takes more of our heroes each and every day. PFOS are known as forever chemicals that are used to repel water, oil, and stains. In recent studies and research, PFOS have been found in firefighter turnout gear. The class of chemicals have been linked to cancer, according to the Environmental Protection Agency. Cancer remains the leading cause of death for firefighters due to their multiple exposures to toxic chemicals while on the job. What the film details is not a risk that we knowingly took on. My, my personal protective equipment was not something I signed up for to with the understanding that that's part of my risk factor. That could be something that puts me on the box. The major push from everyone at last night's screening is the need for legislation to prevent these chemicals from being used in firefighters' equipment from now on and into the future. In the newsroom, Emily Johnson. Life 5 News. New data shows the Tri-County area ranks near the top for reported human trafficking cases in the state of South Carolina. According to the Tri-County Human Trafficking Task Force, there were 498 victims of human trafficking in the state just last year. Of those victims, 460 were minors and 392 were female. Charleston, Berkeley, and Dorchester counties were all listed among the top 10 counties with the most human trafficking cases, with a total of 62 cases combined. Task Force officials say much of the trafficking is starting online. For the sex trafficking side, a lot of grooming online, recruiting online, and the actual posting up occurring online. Um, then on the labor side, there's a lot of the job posting and communication, that recruitment occurring online as well. Officials say the first human trafficking investigator dedicated to the Tri-County area started last week, and they'll be hiring a victim services bilingual coordinator next month. These new hires come after the task force was awarded millions in funding last month to combat human trafficking in the region. The historic Charleston Foundation has announced it's reversing course and will not be selling the Nathaniel Russell House. The historic home on Meeting Street has been around since at least the early 1800s. Last month, the foundation announced it was putting the house up for sale. But yesterday, the board voted to reverse that decision after hearing the passionate voices from within the community, asking them to protect the museum. 
Officials say they plan to collaborate with a panel of experts dedicated to reimagining the museum's operations and collection. The College of Charleston is proposing a plan to demolish and rebuild the college lodge, but it's facing some pushback. School leaders say the building is beyond repair, but preservationists are calling it a unique 1960s piece of architecture. The school also says the building is made of cheap materials, costing millions to maintain. They also say it's dangerous to people inside during severe weather. The Board of Architectural Review heard the proposal and postponed any decision until after members learn more details. Efforts advancing at the state house could expand when and how South Carolinians can buy their favorite alcohol. Earlier this week, we told you about a bill involving alcohol delivery, but a separate proposal aims to allow liquor sales on Sundays, something that's been banned in the state since prohibition. The bill would allow counties and municipalities to hold a referendum to let voters decide if they want to permit local Sunday liquor liquor sales. It would also allow micro distilleries to sell liquor on Sundays without needing to pass a referendum. We know that beer and wine is sold on Sundays. People coming into our tourism counties often don't know that they can't purchase alcohol on Sunday, and um, but yet they can go to a restaurant, they can go to a bar, they can go to a private club and be served spirits all day long. We just want to level the playing field. The push has been hindered before by mom-and-pop liquor stores, which say their sales would not increase enough to justify the costs associated with being open a seventh day. South Carolina is just one of four states that does not allow Sunday retail liquor sales. North Carolina is one of the others, but pending legislation there could change that. A new agreement works to make college more affordable and accessible for thousands of South Carolinians each year. Leaders with South Carolina's technical college system, University of South Carolina, and Clemson signed the statewide transfer agreement yesterday. It guarantees students that complete 30 credit hours in their core curriculum classes will have all of their credits accepted if they transfer to Clemson or USC. In the past, some students have had to repeat classes for those credits. The state says this automatic acceptance is equivalent to up to about $30,000 in credits they won't have to retake. We're opening the door wide to the talent of South Carolina. This will make college education more affordable. It will strengthen our industrial base, our manufacturing base, and every other kind of endeavor. About 1,600 students transfer annually from South Carolina's technical colleges to USC and Clemson, according to school leaders. A Charleston-based nonprofit is building community by giving back to celebrate this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. Tomorrow, the Carlos Dunlap Foundation will host its Carlos Cares giveaway to offer supplies to those in need. Our Destiny Kennedy joins us live now to tell us how you can participate for the event. Destiny, good morning. Good morning, Shelby and Katie. From shirts, socks to accessories and more, the Carlos giveaway is described as your own personal shopping experience. Carlos Dunlap, defensive end with the Kansas City Chiefs, is the founder of the organization and a native of Charleston. For a $10 registration fee, Carlos's mother, Diana Ross, says people at tomorrow's giveaway will walk away with more than 500 worth of goods. The items available will include children and teen comforters, sheets, curtains, bras, t-shirts, socks, accessories, and more.
Everyone participating will have a personal shopper to help out. Ross says when the giveaway started, organizers focused on teachers, health care workers, police officers, firefighters, and church groups. Now they're opening up the giveaway to the community where Carlos grew up. Ross says she's pleased with the organization's progress and the community's support. She says last year they donated $1.3 million worth of items, but that is not, it's not about the monetary amount. They want to reach more people in the community, and they want people to take advantage of this opportunity. Although MLK Day is Monday, the giveaway is tomorrow at the Citadel Mall. It will be from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Organizers ask everyone to bring their own bags to shop with. The event will have on-site registration available, but you also can register online by going to this web story on our website at Live5News.com. Reporting in the newsroom, I'm Destiny Kennedy with Live 5 News. Second gentleman and the vice president's husband, Doug Emhoff, made several political appearances across our state's coastline. Emhoff spoke at the Old Grace AME Church in Beaufort yesterday, touching on gun violence, book bans and other political issues. His visit was part of President Joe Biden's reelection campaign. Emhoff telling the crowd that the country's freedom and democracy is at stake. Leaders in the state's Democratic Party say the visit was beneficial. The era of excitement, it brings um, more business to our state. It gets people more excited to come out and vote. And we, d- we are the kingmakers. We decide who is the president. We have historically. Emhoff also visited Mount Pleasant and Charleston. He called the Palmetto State a turning point in the last election and a factor in the success of the Biden-Harris administration. At the top of the show, I told you that the wife of a Russian ambassador caused a stir during a White House dinner on this date in 1910. Baroness Rosen requested and began smoking a cigarette. It may be hard to believe today, but it was apparently the first time a woman had ever smoked in public at the White House. Some of the other women who were present who had brought their own cigarettes began lighting up as well. Celebrating birthdays on this Friday, country singer Ricky Van Shelton is 72. Radio personality Howard Stern is 70. News correspondent Christine Amanpour is 66. Actor Oliver Platt is 64. And contemporary Christian singer Jeremy Camp is 46. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. Stay safe in this weather today. I'm Katie Hammond. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.